0: Start On Demand. demand. Hey, it's Brett McGarry, and today, as we head into the new year, body image is likely top of mind for many of us. So we are excited to tell you about the Every Body campaign. Also, tis the season to return gifts. Canada crushes Denmark 14-0 at the World Juniors. Is that too big a victory also what's brett been watching on tv over the holidays alongside greg mackling and loren mcnab we are mackling mcgarry and mcnab and this is the podcast for december 27th for the start we got right now great story loren about a winnipegger who's doing something at this very moment that most of us would think is kind of crazy and he's doing it for charity. His name is Junal Malapat. He is out there, right now, running 150 miles to raise money for silo Mission. It's a tradition that started a few years ago. He spoke yesterday with Global's Kevin Hirschfield and he explains how it all began.
1: About four years ago, I, uh, I wanted to run. I don't like um, shopping, so I invited some friends to, to do 12 to 15 hours of running with me on our regular run route. Uh, near Chief, Chief Peguis Bridge and Gateway Trail. Um, so I had some friends out meet me here and there. It was a beautiful uh, Bluebird day. It was you know When it's nice like that, it's, it's cold also, so it's crisp, minus 40. Um, at that time uh, I had a friend who couldn't run with me during the day so I picked them up at 4 o'clock and he said, oh how far did you go? Uh, I said 80 kilometers where I'm at right now. So he said, let's round it up to 100 kilometers. I said, sure. So, uh it was a I really had had really great experience with some friends on Boxing Day, so I thought maybe next year I'll do it again. So to
0: recap, it started not for charity, just for fun, right? Hey, As one friends, does. yeah. Let's let's go out and run 100 kilometers. I wouldn't
2: even say one kilometer to my friends yeah. without
0: getting like laughed at. I'm sure. Yeah, like when he says, "Oh, you have run 80," let's round it up to 100. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That, clearly, he is made of sterner stuff than I am. That's for sure. And you did the math. What's 150 miles? 240
2: kilometers. So you'd be going past Brandon, like if you left
1: downtown
0: wow. Winnipeg so how did it become a fundraiser for siloam
1: so next year rolled over and i was reading some uh, news about um this woman who passed away because of the cold and uh, i know that you know solo mission helps out people the homeless people in our community and i felt that maybe i could help out in a certain way so since i don't like shopping i thought i'd uh, run 100 kilometers for solo mission that was three years ago and there was a blizzard at the time i still did it anyways And then the year after that, last year I ran, was 45, uh, minus 45, and some friends came out. And uh, the route was all over the city.
0: So, like he says, the last year's run took him all across Winnipeg. This year's run is a much shorter route, and he's just going to run it in a loop. Here's how he explained it to Kevin Hirschfield.
1: Well, uh, I'm feeling that it it could take me a little bit over 50 hours. So today I will start at um, 11 a.m., from here at the covered uh, skating rink here at the Forks and I'm gonna run that way on the sidewalk around the Canadian Museum, Hu- Museum of Human Rights over to Real Esplanade Bridge and then turn right on Taché and make my way around uh, St. Boniface Hospital and, which, and I'll go over the bridge and come back here. So that's 3.3 kilometers. Uh, this route is 150 miles. I'll be running 150 miles which is 241 kilometers. Uh, so I'll be running this route uh, 73 times.
0: 73 times he's going to run that. because it'll take 50 hours.
2: Right. And this is the one of the other questions we had this morning is, like, is this continuous? Is, is he doing it nonstop?
1: Well, let's find out. I'll be taking a sleep break between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. on Thursday and Friday, And the forks uh, graciously gave me one of their rooms to use for two nights.
0: So he started yesterday morning at 11 a.m., took a nap today from 3 to 6 a.m., which means he's back out there right now at this very moment. And he is motivated by his need to help others.
1: People have it a lot worse and off than me. Uh, I can go home when I'm done this. I can go home and have a nice meal in a warm bed and uh, have some nice dry clothes on. But... There are people out right now who are freezing, and they can't. With uh, you know, just sometimes people are in their, their low point in their life. You know, last year when I completed my run, uh, we took our some of our donations and we ran to Solo Mission at, at their at their dinner hall. And uh, we came in there; it was Boxing Day around 7 p.m., and the whole place is full. So, can you imagine? It's like 400 people with no place to to to, to, to be with their family. So. Um, I'll have uh, that in my heart to, to keep me going.
0: So, once again, his name is Juno Malapad, and he doesn't just run for silo Mission. When I looked up his name, I found something with Cancer Care Manitoba. Called the Junals 24-hour 100-mile treadmill challenge to support Cancer Care Manitoba Foundation, which happened Friday, April 20th. He was hoping to raise a thousand bucks. He raised uh, just under 1,300. He's looking to raise five thousand dollars with this current run. So if you want to make a donation in his name, go to Siloam's website, silom.ca. Again, he's running 150 miles, 241 kilometers. He's doing a 3.3-kilometer loop around Saint Boniface 73 times. Started yesterday at 11. Took a Three-hour nap from 3 to 6 a.m. today, so he's going to be out there all day until 3 a.m. again tomorrow you thought morning. our
2: alarm was rough to get up to. Imagine hearing your alarm go off after just three hours of sleep and yeah. you're going back out there to just run non-stop.
0: Uh, the, it, it, it frightens me to even think about it. So uh, so much respect for, yeah, for him for doing guy. this. guy. What a
2: good initiative. And I like the idea that he talked about that, like, people wouldn't be sleeping right now, so he's not going to sleep right now if yeah. he's in support of others, right? I think that's
3: great.
0: Yeah, so if you see him, give him a wave, and he's he also is going to be carrying envelopes with him if you want to make a donation. Again, Juno Malapad, way to go for doing what you do. Mackling McGarry-McNabb. Mackling is back next week. I'm Brett McGarry with Loren McNabb. Clay Young is here. Bob Irving is here. Jeff Fortier is here. Coming up at 37, we're going to speak to the Retail Council of Canada about Christmas gift returns. So we figured we'd chat about that in this particular segment. McNabb, do you have anything you got to take back? No, yeah? but
2: I don't. Not because I don't have to take it back. I just, I won't.
0: You just won't return stuff? Even with the mall ten steps away, I won't do it. Oh, so it's not like you... you you know, and I don't
2: even feel bad. I just, I just can. I can see it sitting on the floor right now with the receipt attached to it, and I'll just be too lazy and forget about it, and,
4: <laughs> and then it will just won't. Go so I just
2: decide now. I'm not going to.
0: Well, do most most stores probably don't even do returns right now, anyway. Right? Like Boxing Week, I think isn't returning. Gifts really? a No, no.
2: Oh, I didn't. I didn't think there was. I thought you could just go any time.
0: Well, a lot of places. Maybe it's just Boxing Day, but a lot of places have straight up. We will not accept returns on Boxing Day.
2: I can see that. I TV. think it's
0: just Boxing Day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I. Uh, Returning stuff, I I am kind of bad at returning clothes in particular. Other things, like if you give me an electronic thing or something for, if you gave me something for golf and it was wrong, I'd be back to the store in seconds to make sure to rectify that. But with clothes, I uh, once had a a sport coat, a nice jacket It had elbow patches on it. I felt like a professor wearing it, but it was too big. (laughs) And I never dealt with it. So I, I think I wore it once and I felt like I was wearing a tent. For the like, same
2: reason as me, just out of laziness or because you felt bad?
0: Yeah, I, combination. Yeah, I, I think laziness, but also for whatever reason, when people buy me clothes, I feel bad to return them. And But it, doesn't
2: everybody you give clothes say, if you don't like this, please return it? And you mean it? Like, I mean it when I say that.
0: I know. I know. I don't know why. It's my own fault. I'm, yeah. I, and it's I,
3: hard to say you don't like it, though. I find you know it's all well and good for somebody to say that to you.
0: But you but, could just lie and say it didn't feel,
3: fit. Yeah, you feel like they're offended if you say you don't like it. It's In terms of returning things and Christmas gifts, um, I can't recall the last time I returned a Christmas gift, but I have no compunction about returning things. As a matter of fact, it's kind of a standing joke around our house. I'll go out and buy a pair of pants or a shirt or something, take it home and decide I don't like it or it didn't fit quite right and yeah. take it back. I do this all the time. And it's, I have a problem with it, I guess. It's, uh, I should probably seek counsel, Clay. Uh, my wife just laughs at me. I'll come home with a pair of pants and she'll say, well, when are you taking those back? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say, well, wait a minute. And then I'll put them on and I'll go, I don't know. It's just not quite right. And back they go.
2: It's because they get you with those storm ears that are just slightly <laughs> tilted. So you yeah, feel a little thinner and the lighting's
0: yeah. better. Sometimes you just need to to take a minute, though. Like if I find I can't, there are times where I can't make the decision in the store, right? And then I take it home and I try it on and I try it on again. See, that's it exactly. Yeah, and you kind of then you make the decision. Okay, I am going to keep this, or no, it's got to go back. I made a a mistake buying this.
3: I am told these stores too are under no legal obligation to take your merchandise back. They all do it, Mm -hmm. but they could simply say no. You know, we have a no return policy, but none of them do.
2: But a there, lot of them have a no-return exchange-only policy yeah, now. Yeah, that's I guess, true. This, right? Some do, like, yeah. And then they can yep. keep the dollars in the store.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's something we'll have to ask the retail council because I worked in a store that had a no, ex- or no returns. It was exchange or store credit only. And every so often you get a customer who simply refuses to accept that. And eventually we would fold and say, okay, we'll do the refund, even though it was against... The, so it was, against, it was the policy, but mm-hmm. I'm curious to know if they can, if you push hard enough if
3: they just have to legally do it. Clay, I bet you've got a story to tell us.
4: Well, I was just thinking, uh, I don't know if I should... Yeah, I'll mention it. Uh, So I had a suit, right? I had a fairly new suit. And within a few weeks, I couldn't find the pants. (laughs) I could not find the pants. You couldn't find the pants? I couldn't find... I had the suit jacket, but where... So many questions. And the heck... Did the pants go? I'm tearing the closet apart. I'm had looking. You gone
2: somewhere? Like you had you worn it out?
4: Yeah, I, and I switched clothes. So I'm thinking you had a clothing change. I don't know, but what I do couldn't you mean, find you switch.
3: Well, clothes, I I, Clay. I came in
4: jeans, and then I had to go to a function, oh. so you then like, I Clay switched, and then I switched back. <laughs> so who knows where they are? But anyway, so I took them back to the. I took the jacket over to the bay, and I said, "Listen." can you and they couldn't find a pair of pants that matched. He found me something that looked similar but you could sort of tell something was out of whack. But they gave the pants to me and then lo and behold I found the pants.
1: And <laughs> Where? I
3: took
4: the Where other the pants? pants back. They were in my trunk sort of hidden under some bags <laughs> and who knows under what else some junk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they took them back. They took them back even though I had worn these Pants that sort of matched a couple of times. Yeah, no problem. Don't worry about it. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't have a problem with people returning gifts that I've given them because I ask them straight up, what do you want for Christmas? Okay? Tell me exactly what you want. None of the times they ask for clothes, so I give them what they want, and they're happy,
3: and I don't have to worry about it. My wife bought me a pair of golf shoes for Christmas. I need new golf shoes. And I would have no compunction, again, to take them back if they didn't fit or I didn't like the look of them, but they fit just fine, and so I keep them. What kind of golf shoes? Uh, they're foot joys. Oh. And you know what? They're blue and orange. Uh, oh, I know the shoes. Boy, you yeah. stick out on the course, oh, don't you? Oh, <laughs> I'll look like Ricky Fowler, but I'll play like Bob Irving, which is the unfortunate part <laughs> and of And do you
2: like them? Like, are you keeping
3: them? Oh, yeah. No, I think I, I'm going to be the talk of uh, the golf course when I get out there. <laughs> People, I'm going to get a lot of action about these shoes, but that's okay. They're nice <laughs> I know the shoes he's talking about. They're now nice. you
2: have shoe envy. We're going to switch to a whole other topic about just best <laughs> golf shoes. I think the problem with uh, when it's a husband-wife thing or partner, like I, my husband will say he likes it every time, yeah, and then doesn't wear it ever,
3: oh, ever.
2: Boy. And so then it's like, wow, well, why didn't you just take that back? It's equally insulting to me that you just sat there and like wore it all tight, like like no problem, and then never again. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, the easiest place to take things back, and and it's easy everywhere I think, but it's Costco. Anytime you return something to Costco, they never ask a question. Like other places will say, well, didn't if didn't it fit, or did you not like it? What's wrong with it? Costco doesn't say a word. They don't care. They simply give you your money back. Forte, you got anything?
0: Oh, wow. I did yeah.
4: not
3: know that.
5: I'm, me, I, I'm one of those people. I, I don't like taking stuff back. I don't know why. It makes me feel awkward.
0: Yeah. Is it because you're like, as Bob pointed out, I mean, you yeah. want to avoid
5: the questions? Yeah, they question you, and you, you feel like you did something wrong, but you just want your money back. So, I, <laughs> or, you, I or, may,
0: or maybe you give them the wrong answer, like Jerry Seinfeld. Why are you returning this for spite? <laughs> <No. Yeah.
5: laughs> well, we can't, we can't
0: take this back now. Yeah. yeah, we got a text here from Tim who says, "I bought my daughter a Samsung tablet, and she dropped it on Christmas Day and broke the screen. She was upset, so I feel bad for her. Do you think?" Costco will exchange it. Otherwise, I'm buying another one. Try.
2: Okay. Why not try?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it can't hurt to try. I, I don't.
2: I. Uh, yeah. I used to have a friend who worked at, uh, I think it was Home Depot in Ontario, and they had an accept all return policy, mm. and even had a guy show up, and with tires, which they don't sell at Home Depot, and insisted <laughs> they had been purchased there, and they took them back and gave him wow. an exchange for like $600 for three tires or whatever it was. Good
3: Lord. Read that uh, tablet. I'm not sure Costco will take it back if it's damaged. Yeah. They, they don't ask questions, but if it's damaged, they, they might have a question or two. What, yeah. Should there
2: not be a warranty that just automatically came with it?
3: Uh,
0: well, a warranty typically doesn't cover user damage, right? If you drop something and break it, that's not Samsung's fault. I don't know. Sorry, Tim. I, we, we wish you Godspeed. Mackling, McGarry, McNabb. Mackling is back next week. I'm Brett McGarry with Loren McNabb. And if you watch shows on television, like actual television, you have cable and you watch TV, you've no doubt noticed most of your favorite shows are off. They take their... They go have their fall finales in November, or early December, and they go away. It feels—it felt
2: early this year because I, I don't often watch. Like, I have a couple of, like This Is Us yep. that I'll watch after the fact and just go on to my On Demand. Yep. And I kept going back looking for the latest episode for like the past month. And I was like, what? Has this been a five week holiday for everyone
0: I think their fall finale was at the end of November so a lot of these shows will break before December because I guess viewing habits change in December people are busy getting ready for the holidays and what have you so all the network shows go away on a break, and they come back usually early January. Some of them won't be back until March. But So that leaves this whole, especially for a guy like me, I like to watch TV, and I've been holed up at my uh, my girlfriend is away this week, so she doesn't even have cable. So Netflix it is. So I've watched a couple of things, and you may have heard about this. It's, it just came out on Friday. It's a movie starring Sandra Bullock, and it's a really neat story. It's called Bird Box. We were
2: just trying. she saw something.
0: What's wrong with you? Please stop it, stop it! This ain't no virus or chemical attack. It is real evil. If you see it, it takes on the form of your
4: worst fears. Every contact we have had with the outside has brought us death. one's coming for
0: us. So this one's based on a book. It's intense and could be disturbing for some people. The, the, the basic premise is there is mass suicides happening around the world. People don't understand why. Turns out there is this unseen entity that if you see it, then it you kill yourself. And, uh, and the way that a lot of people do this, it's really disturbing. It's frightening, meant to be intense. And the only way around it is to blindfold yourself. If you're outside, you're, you're basically going to wow. die. what
2: a concept for so, a film.
0: So Sandra Bullock... I'm sorry, this is
2: a movie or a TV it's series? A,
0: it's a two-hour movie. Okay. So Sandra Bullock has to get her kids to safety on a river while blindfolded. So it's pretty... It's it's cool. I think it could have been better. They, they rely too much on flashbacks, but I enjoyed it. If you're looking for something mm-hmm. that's a, just a movie, it's a quick watch and great cast. Sandra Bullock, you heard John Malkovich in there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think overall, if I were to... I'd give it three and a half couch cushions out of five. And if you want to commit yourself to something a little bit longer, a six-episode series that was recently nominated for a Golden Globe, it's a show from the UK. It's called Bodyguard.
6: Politicians cowards and liars
3: what is she up to you need to find out
6: how do you reckon she'd feel if she got a taste
7: you cannot keep pretending you're okay
1: this is a very dangerous politician someone's got to stop her (laughs) oh please get down on the girl! there's been
7: an inside man all along
3: looks like the home secretary couldn't be in safer hands
0: I loved this show, Bodyguard. It stars Richard Madden, who played Rob Stark on mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, The Young Wolf. It's about a police officer who is assigned to be the personal protection officer or bodyguard of the Home Secretary. It's got political intrigue, action, suspense, thrills, and. He's the, not
2: bad on the eyes either, if I could just throw that out there. He's a hunky there. guy. Plus, there's a Scottish accent, but I watched this whole series in about two and a half days. Like, you I watched left, it yeah.
0: too? Yeah. Oh, you, did you? Earlier like it?
2: this month. Yeah, I really liked it. I found the first episode, like, so great that you knew you were going to be in for the series. Yeah. Then the next two I wasn't super into, and it kind of kind of had, like, a good ebb and flow, and then it really, like, the last three were just amazing. So I, yeah. I, I thought the whole
0: thing was great. Yeah, the final episode uh, was almost unbearably tense, but in a good way. It's so good, and it's and then only six episodes. I was mad. Episodes.
2: It was over. I didn't bother. It's, like, one of those things you go to check on, and then you don't check to see how many episodes it's going to be so I thought I was buying into like a three season series and then it was done and I was like I kept going back like what
0: it's only six episodes so if so if you, you don't want to commit to a full series it's highly, perfect. highly recommended it's a
2: perfect holiday it's a great suggestion
0: Small town salute brought to you by South Beach Casino and Resort, where service sets them apart, Southbeachcasino.ca. Loren McNabb, where are we going this week? We are going to Manitou, which I had to look up just to figure out where it is. But joining on this
2: joining us on the phone right now this morning is, of course, Alf. Al Thorlefson. I should have checked with Al That's first. Right. Day. I was close. I think I combined your names there, Al.
6: That's okay. Good morning. How are you? Good
2: morning. How's the weather out there?
6: Well, I can tell you that we don't have as much snow as we were expecting. There's about maybe uh, an inch and a half, two inches on top of the car just outside the window, and I'm not even going to have to do very much
0: cleaning to get the sidewalk clear. Well, that's great, Al. I'm happy to hear that. And the reason why we're in Manitou this week... December 27th, 1932, one of the most famous music venues in North America opened, and that's the Radio City Music Hall. So that got us thinking what's the oldest, what are the oldest, most iconic music halls in Manitoba? And the number one answer is Manitou. The Manitou Opera House opened in 1930. And is it still in use? It certainly is. The Manitou Opera, that's not the first
6: Manitou Opera House. The first one actually opened in 1908. But it uh, burned down in 1930, and they rebuilt that that opera house in just over a year and paid for it in about the same amount of time. And so that opera house has been in full use ever since, and uh, we actually put uh, quite a bit of work into putting an addition onto the building in 2015, and uh, we wanted to make the addition look like the original building, and when people come to see the new opera house, they keep saying, I can't tell what's the old part. And that's one of the things that makes us really happy. The building is constantly in use. It's in basically used between 200 and 225 days of the year by at least one group each time, each day, so yeah, the opera house is certainly in use and we love the building, we love the music that we're able to to host here and the programs that we have available as well.
2: For the folks that don't know, uh, Manitou is west of Warden Winkler, uh, south of Portage la Prairie. Was it originally built for just opera or is it was it more just an idea that it'd be a concert hall?
6: Well, it's obviously a concert hall. The, the, what actually happened was that that uh, there was another building in town in 1908 that uh, had been called the Town Hall for quite a while. And so when the original Opera House was built, one of the first advertisements that advertised an event in the building said, at the Town Hall, well, you can imagine the people's confusion, which Town Hall? So within about a week or two weeks, the advertisements for an event in this building or its predecessor, as it were, um, those advertisements right from the start, within two weeks, uh, indicated that these events were going to be held at the Opera House. Even though that there was a great big sign on the front of the building emblazoned there that said Town Hall, people were confused. So this building... Uh, has been the Opera House right from the beginning, and it was because of that confusion.
0: So, Al, one of the things that I like about uh, music halls is the you know the way that they're built, they're set up uh, for the acoustics. So, is mm-hmm. is it the same thing with the, the Manitoba Opera House? Great acoustics in there? Uh, the
6: acoustics in our building are quite famous. Yeah, the artists who come here, they just say, "Wow, this is great sound." And we've actually had a number of uh, albums actually recorded in the building by people who just love the acoustic. It's not horsehair plaster on the walls, but it is full plaster walls. So you get that kind of that uh, reflection of sound, that acoustic that people really love. Sorry, what,
0: horsehair plaster?
6: Yeah. the When they were first building in Manitoba, then in order to... Uh, to make the uh, plaster strong they would mix it with uh, chopped up horsehair and I'm and actually just th-
2: googling this right now just to double check not that I didn't believe <laughs> you but I you know so keep going it was made yeah, of so horse-
6: anyway some of the oldest buildings in this district huh. actually have that mix of plaster and those buildings the, the plaster's still good in them wow that's wow, inc- that's incredible!
0: <laughs> so, Al, but for those who uh, want to maybe take the drive down to Manitou and visit the Opera House, mm-hmm. I always ask. I, so, I got I to ask, where do I? What's your favorite place to eat in Manitou?
6: Well, Tracy's uh, Tracy's Cafe in the uh, Manitou uh, Motor Inn is right across the street from the Opera House, and uh, the uh, Spotlight Cafe has Chinese food. Both of those are within walking distance of the Opera House. And I can tell you that at our last concert, there were people who were buying, well, 15 to 20 tickets for the concert, and they were starting their evening off at at the Manitou Motor Inn for supper. Right on.
0: Well, Al, thank you so much for joining us to tell us a bit about uh, the Manitou Opera House in your community. It sounds like a great time, and I'd love to visit sometime.
6: It's a wonderful place to be and we want to wish everyone, well, we hope their Christmas went well and we certainly uh, wish them the best in the new year and check out the concerts that are coming up at the Opera
0: House. We'd love to have you all here.
2: Do you have a website we could direct them to if they wanted to take a yep. look at what's coming up? Yeah,
0: manitouoperahouse.com. All right, Al Thorlifson, thank you so much for joining us. Treasurer of the Manitou Opera House, again, that website, com the oldest music hall in Manitoba. It opened in 1930, and it's not even the first one. As you pointed out, the first one was built in 1908. Question of the day at cjob.com, brought to you by CreditAid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. If you get a gift you don't like, do you return it? Yes, but I usually wait a few days. Yes, but I always tell the gift giver first, or no, I just feel too bad. And we're actually going to talk about returning gifts right now. We have with us from the Retail Council of Canada, Michael LeBlanc, who is Senior Retail Advisor for the Retail Council, as people, I'm sure, are getting ready to return gifts en masse after Christmas. Michael, good morning to you. Thank you for joining us.
5: Good morning. Thanks for having me on board. So
0: this is I'm going to be I'm guessing going to be a busy week not just for shopping for purchasing but as well for returning and that just got me curious to know do you guys happen to know sort of ballpark how much money is going to go back into the the hands of consumers that have returned gifts?
5: Well, yeah, you're right that it's a very busy time both for purchasing and now for returning. Many retailers ask you not to return. Purchases on Boxing Day or the day after, but now starts the return period. And let me just set the set the stage. Returns overall in retail account for about eight percent. Retail is about a two hundred and fifty, two hundred and sixty-five, or three hundred and sixty-five billion dollar industry. So returns are a substantial part, but it is an expected part of the business model. Right? Returns are a reality of retail. So over the holidays, that grows to an average of about ten percent. Uh, So, we're talking, you know, we are talking in the billions of dollars. Uh, Online returns uh, are even higher, as you would probably imagine, given you don't always know the size, the fits, or the color. Online returns average about 15 to 20%, depending on the commodity, right? Some things return higher, some things return lower. But as I said, these are expected and anticipated and factored into the business models. And for retailers, it's about the um, making return policies. enough and friendly enough, for example, extended returns over the holidays. If you bought a gift in November, you can still return it beyond a, you know, a traditional 30 days and not making it such that it's, it's leaving it open to abuse. So it's really uh, managing the art and science of returns, which is a huge factor actually in retail.
2: You use the word managing the science of it. Is it about kind of getting it into the mind of what a consumer has been looking for? Because I notice increasingly with at least the stores I shop in, you, they're not given given a return option. It might be more of an exchange. They're trying to push you to come return to the store, but keep that money within the store in, a, in the form of an exchange.
5: Well, the ultimate objective of retailers is to make the customer happy. So when I talk about the science, I include things like when you think about uh, returns, that in the eye or the minds of retailers, start many months ago. It, it's about the picture. For example, on the website, it's about the pictures they post on the website. It's about the information they put. It's about pro, inspecting the product before it goes out on the store floor. So there's a lot that goes on. Before the sale even happens, and there's a lot that goes on after. What do you do with all those returns? You know, ultimately, whether uh, people return the item or exchange the item, we just, you know, retailers in general want customers to be happy because then they'll come back, right? This is not a a one time. Hopefully, uh, this is often a multiple interaction, so to speak, with customers. The objective is a, a great customer experience, and returns have a big factor to play. Like how you handle returns as a retailer. Uh, is really a key element of customer satisfaction. Done right, it uh, you know it's a great experience. I, re- I bought something, it didn't fit, it wasn't perfect, it was a gift, no problem. The they, they, you know retailer took it back, and, and um, I found something to substitute, or they gave me a, a gift card, uh, and I bought something else. So um, you know, returns overall is just a big, big part of retail. Le- now we've been talking about legitimate returns, and there's two types of returns: fraudulent returns. Uh, which is a big problem, and legitimate returns, which uh, you know, again, retailers um, expect as part of the overall process.
0: What would constitute a fraudulent return?
5: Well, there's a whole number of things. Uh, anything that is uh, stolen and then returned, we have a term called friendly fraud, which is still fraud, which is where customers uh, rent a product, take a dress, buy a dress, wear it out, and then return it, saying it didn't fit or you know wasn't appropriate. So, uh, legitimate returns very. You know, very expected part, uh, fraudulent returns, not so great. And there's processes in place to to try and track those because that ultimately costs everyone uh, money, including the consumers.
2: What's the trend there when it comes to fraudulent returns or returns in general? You mentioned some numbers off the hop, but I'm curious if we're seeing more of that happening or if it's relatively the same year after year.
5: Yeah, it's relatively the same. I mean there's there's things that change, um, you know, this so called porch pirating, uh, where products are delivered to people's porches and, and um other uh, nefarious people will go scoop it out and then try to return it at a retailer. So there's there's different nuances, but generally the trend is, is um is not up but it is an issue. Uh, so it is something that retailers uh, pay very close attention to because, um, and that's why there's so many policies, right? That's why uh, all of these things exist because there's uh, there's bad actors in the system. But overall, you know, I don't want to focus on that this morning. It's really returns are part of a great uh, customer experience, but um, retailers need to be careful because it is a very important element of their um, of their model.
0: Some retailers have a no-return policy, i.e. you can only exchange something or return it for a store credit. So if I buy something from a store with a no-return policy and I want to take it back, can they refuse to just give me an outright refund?
5: Well, you know, it all comes into how you uh, message and upfront what you're telling consumers. And it depends, of course, on the on product some product categories can be returned, some cannot, some return for uh, refund, some are returned for, for substitution. So uh, if the policy is clear, then, uh, you know, it's explained, there's signage, they can say, listen, this is a no return item. This is a what we'd call final sale item. And that is where there is the opportunity to do that. And sometimes you'll see that in, in uh, clearance, deep, deep clearances, and say, listen, you, you buy this at the deep clearance price, uh, y- you own it. Uh, it is a no return final sale item. So that is uh, that is available, yeah.
0: Okay. And what about, uh, Ed, you mentioned making it a, a positive customer experience, but how much mm-hmm. responsibility falls on the customer to investigate about a return policy before they buy something?
5: Well, it is a good thing to do. Check your return policy before you buy it and when you return it. I mean, the, the, the best... Uh, advice is, you know, when you open, particularly at this time of the year, you have opened a gift, keep all the the boxes, the tags, the the warranties, the manuals, and bring it back. uh, And uh, that makes for a nice, smooth, easy return process, right? So all those things together uh, make for a good return process. So for sure, the customers have a responsibility, um, or they can help at least. Uh, It's the retailer's job to make it a great experience because, uh, as I said, uh, you you know, whether it's... um, Uh, A disappointment which we hope doesn't happen but occasionally does or whether it's just not the right item Uh, you know you want to make the customer happy and make sure they come back and at the same time as I said you you know you have to guard for for um, abuse of the system so that's where I sometimes they'll ask more questions than less but if you're all prepared to come in you got all your receipts boxes everything packaged up uh, returns should go uh, should go well.
0: Michael LeBlanc Senior Retail Advisor with the Retail Council of Canada thank you so much for the time much appreciated.
5: Oh, once again, thanks for having me on board.
0: 845 on 680-CJOB. And yeah, if you're returning something today, I wish you good luck, I guess, because I'm guessing it's going to still be very busy yeah. in the stores. I don't
2: know if I'd go back today. I already said I'm not really good with returns. They just pile up on my floor. But I think he makes a good point. Like, if you can return something easily, I'm more inclined to try that store again, especially for clothes, because then you know you can bring it back Yeah, with great ease, right? And, and I think that the simpler the return process is, the better off for the store, let alone the customer.
0: Yeah. I mean, if if the the store admits, you know, this might not work for you, so bring it back. Bring it back, yeah. And we'll give you a full refund. I think that's a much more your customer-friendly policy. But to,
2: I walk in often expecting that it's going to be difficult just because. And then when they say, okay, sure, just to give your receipt, yeah. And then I'm always surprised, like, oh, I'm really going to get the refund or whatever, because you just assume now yeah. that it's not going to happen so fluidly.
0: Yeah, the, the, wor- the worst is when you buy something and it hasn't been explained to you. Mm-hmm. Like, if, you, if I buy something from a company and they say up front, look, this is, we don't do refunds, we do exchange or store credit. Before I've, I've given them my money, then I have that moment to decide, do I really want to do this? And right. if I, at that point, if I give them my money, then I've accepted that. And that's a buyer-bewerving It's a contract, thing. yeah. Yeah. Mackling mcgarry McNabb. Mackling is back on Monday. Brett McGarry with Loren McNabb. Bob Irving is here. And Kelly Moore is here as well. The score was 14-0. Canada, denmark in the World Juniors.
2: Yeah, my first thought when I heard this, that this morning, because of course I didn't, I wasn't around to watch the game yesterday, was just, oh, I felt kind of bad that it got so high up. I felt like th- when I watch my kids in the tin bits, <laughs> and you tell them that they can't score more than I can hear my my husband yelling at them, pass it more, stop scoring so much. So, I, which I gets ridiculous at a junior level, but I felt bad.
0: Yeah, well, you can't help but feel bad. And it's the same thing It happens all the time in American college football, right, where one yeah. team just lays the boots to another inferior school and they get accused of running up the score and all that. But what are they supposed to do? So Kelly Moore, like, all right, should Canada have backed off?
8: No. Uh, the, the coach, Tim Hunter, wants them to play at a certain level and maintain that level. And the minute you start to ask athletes to go at three-quarter speed or half speed, uh, bad habits set in, and most, most importantly, I think that's when players are really susceptible to injuries.
3: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I don't know what you do. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, the team from Denmark isn't very good. And it was. we knew before the game Canada would win. Yeah. They'd win handily. The question was how much would they win by? And it's the same every year at the World Junior. Two years ago, I think Canada opened against the U.S. and had a tough game. But typically, they play one of the poorer teams in their pool, and typically they win big 14 uh, nothing is a little yeah. unusual it's like in football if you're way ahead in a pro game if you're way ahead you could run the ball and you know run out the time you don't have to throw so there are ways you can back off in football that make sense but in hockey I don't know what you do. Do you tell your players, "Well, look, when you get to center, just dump it in; don't go after it." Man, you you can't play that way. You just yeah. can't. As Kelly said, you you set a precedent, and your players will be they'll be upset about that. Yeah. Um, so you just got to play. You I also play. think,
2: given the scrutiny that's always on Team Canada, say they had that moment where they held back a little bit in yesterday's game or didn't play their fullest, then a couple days from now when they have their first loss, everyone starts attacking the strategy that might have taken place a few days ago. You didn't full out. You didn't use the ice to your advantage. You didn't try in the Denmark game, and therefore it's all on you for not putting yourself out there, right? So they get criticized when they do and, and when they don't. Yeah, and
8: there's the other perspective from this, too, and that's from the Danish players' perspective, because some of them play major junior. I know the goaltender who started is with Medicine Hat in the Western Hockey League, and, you know, if if you are visibly taking it easy on them and making passes that don't need to be made, et cetera, et cetera, that's, to me, that's more embarrassing than having the score run up against you. I mean, if you weren't good enough to compete, so be it. But when you have a team that uh, you know, an opponent that that's not taking you seriously, uh, that is making a bit of a mockery of the game, then I think that becomes uh, even even more of an issue. So, you know, the 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 uh, impetus is on some of these countries to get better and if if you know their their tournament starts in the relegation round for Canada. the real tournament starts on New Year's Eve as Bob mentioned that's been like that for years. yeah, there's
3: a couple of things you could do like if you get a power play when you're up eleven, nothing you could put your second third or fourth power play unit out as opposed to your first line yes yeah. but you just in general, you have to keep playing and playing hard at this level this is this is not pro, but it's a high level of hockey. And when I take it to the professional ranks, you have to play hard all the time you're out there. You just have to. It, it's just what it's all about.
2: So, so where? Oh, go ahead.
3: No, I was just going to say tonight they've got Switzerland. Yes. Is it?
8: Should we expect another blowout? Well, no. uh, not like fourteen nothing. Uh, you know, I'm I'm always look forward to hearing what Christian Vullve and the head coach of Switzerland says because he's, they're better than us. He's they're way better <laughs> he than was, us. Wasn't the, he wasn't the
0: guy last yeah, year? He yeah, yeah.
8: just came out yeah. and just
2: said, "Look, yeah."
8: Like. yeah. Well, he, and, and then after the uh, preliminary game in Victoria, he said, "Hey, listen, you know, you should beat us ten out, times out of ten in August. But if you came to compete against us in yodeling, we'd kick your butt.
3: Canada should win this game tonight, but they shouldn't win at 14 0. No, no, I, the, I think it was 5 no to
8: 4 in the preliminary game yeah. in Victoria, and the Swiss played the Czechs yeah. uh, really two tough. 2 1, they lost right, last night. Right, so, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd say saying around 5 2, 6 Two six three somewhere around there would probably be the score you'd look at.
2: We expectations still for Canada to be the top two three.
8: Yes, of course. One, we're Canada. Come on, what are you talking about? Uh, they're just (laughs)
0: little boys, man. I feel bad. (laughs) The weight of the nation. Bob Irving and Kelly Moore, thank you very much. Mackling McGarry McNabb on 680 CJOB. Mackling is back on Monday. And I'm excited to, we're excited to bring this to you right now, especially at this time of year, because you might be thinking, oh my God, I've eaten so much food. I've drank so much. I feel bloated. I feel fat. I hate myself. I need to go to the gym. Yeah. Right. And and for some, it might just be like, ugh, it's the holidays. Mm -hmm. But for others who deal with issues of body image, uh, this can be a really tough time of year. I know for myself, I certainly can't speak for you, LaGren, but I've always had body image mm-hmm. issues where, you know, look in the mirror and people say you look fine, but I, what I look and see, I just hate it.
2: For me, it's pictures. Like, especially this time of year, too, people post all your Christmas stuff and you feel good about yourself and then you see a certain image or they'll post the one where they look good and you might have been making a face and you're like, oh, yeah. is that my regular face? Like, I, <laughs> there's a lot of chins there that I <laughs> hadn't been counting yet. So,
0: yeah. Uh, so, I think it's tough. And body image stuff can be really difficult for a lot of people to deal with. So that's why this, I think, is so important. It's called the Every Body Campaign, and it comes courtesy of Shauna Shemnowski, who is owner of Organic Tan Winnipeg on Provence. And we were actually tipped off from this by our colleague at Power 97 from Power Mornings, Philly Joe and Kirby. Kirby was involved in a photo shoot that is a part of this campaign. So Shauna joins us now in studio to tell us about this. Hello there, Shauna. Hi. Thanks for coming in. Thanks so, for having me. So what drove you to be a part? Cause like, This wasn't your specific initiative, right?
7: No. So there was a few contributing factors. Um, we've had many conversations with um, my business partner, Tammy, and myself, and the girls that work for us that on a regular basis, everyone that is coming into our studio is constantly apologizing for the way they look. Um, So we had presented some new house rules, some new studio rules that when you come to our studio now, it's a no judgment zone. You're here to feel good about yourself. We want you to experience that. We want you to feel confident when you leave. So we really want to take all those negativities, throw them away. You're no longer allowed to apologize for how you look, um, right from not having your fingernails painted all the way to stretch marks or cellulite, things like that. And so we're saying no more apologizing. You can apologize to be late for your appointment. You can apologize that you didn't prepare your skin properly, but you're not apologizing for the way you look. And is it working? It's, so far it is. As soon as someone starts, we're like, did you read our rules? There's no more of that. We're here to celebrate everything and everyone has a story and we want them to feel confident about that.
2: Do you find that there's, to Brett's point, like does that escalate certain times of year for people maybe coming into the beach season? Or I know even now I've already been thinking New Year's, like you need to get yourself reinvigorated and whether it's lose weight or be more organized or whatever it's in your head. Are there times of year where
7: our image, self-image might be lower than normal? Oh, for sure. Um, Definitely comes with different seasons, but it is is consistently daily and was very surprised by um, how many people feel that way. And so the original idea came from our sister station, our sister location in Organic Tan, uh, Pemina Valley. So it covers the Morden Winkler areas. They teamed up with Cache Clothing and they threw out a model call um, to have women apply to be a part of this campaign. And Watching it unfold to them was unbelievable. And I just, I called her right away and I said, Haley, we have got to jump on this. We have um, so many similarities with this that I think that the women in Winnipeg could really benefit from this. And so, and of course, they were on board and we had a few conversations and then we threw out our model call and was overwhelmed by over 70 applicants in just a, a couple of days. So it was quite overwhelming. Um, we felt like... Um, we should have done this maybe three years ago that it was, so it was overwhelming yet sad at the same time At we have all these women, beautiful women we see every day that have all of these struggles and are apologizing for the way that they look. So we had presented to them. It's about time that we stopped counting all those negativities and start celebrating, celebrating them. And so we reached out to a few businesses in the city that we have developed relationships with over the last three years. And of course they were on board also behind this campaign um, and uh, the hashtag the everybody campaign is out there now so that everyone can follow around, follow along with everyone's journey and we are just overwhelmed by all the support by all the local businesses as well.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking at the organic tan Winnipeg profile on Instagram and you can see some behind the scenes pictures from the uh, the photo shoot the day of the photo shoot and eventually the official pictures will be rolled out on your social media and as you mentioned the hashtag the every body campaign and it's a really diverse group of women in terms of yes. their appearance or why they're there or what for whatever reason they have mm-hmm. with their their body image can you give us a couple of examples maybe
7: sure so um we really wanted to um show that there's a wide variety we have um Someone who is very thin, size two, looks fit, amazing, young, 21 years old, um, and she has the same struggles that someone of plus size might go through as well. You just don't see it on the outside. Um, so we have women of different color, different ages, different backgrounds. We have women that have struggled with anorexia. We have women that have beaten cancer. We have women that are going through cancer. We have women that have lost children and are giving back to um, Winnipeg in other ways we have women that have taken themselves off medications and put their body in remission for their diseases and are also coaching other women Um, and if you don't talk about it you don't know about it Um, the day that we had everyone do a meet and greet was overwhelming it was like us group of women have been friends for the past 10 years and we knew each other for 10 minutes so um, it was really overwhelming and my heart is so full um from all these women being able to get together and celebrate their bodies in the way that they should.
2: The celebration, you put a call out for models, and and that was they got a photo shoot and
7: makeup and hair done? Or tell me a little bit about that. Yep, so basically they got a glam day a few days prior to the event. We had them come down to our studio, um, meet, greet, um, do some worksheets together that um, we will later unfold on uh, social media as well and um, just talk about their stories. They got tans. Um, they each had a, um, a business that they went out to to get suited for their, their outfit that they'd be wearing for the day. And then the day of, they came to the studio. They had their hair and makeup done. They had a limo ride out to uh, Americom's Lottery House where we did the photo shoot with um, photo art film. And they just basically had a glam day. So they got to get dressed up, their makeup, their hair done, who doesn't feel good when they get that opportunity. And we just wanted them to feel so good about themselves. Short-term,
2: I was going to say that that would be... You talked about how empowering it made you feel and how helpful it was. Long-term, we have a problem. if, If women of all different shapes and sizes, and men too... Uh, Brett was talking about you know struggling with that, mm-hmm. that that we would wake up in the morning and honestly look at ourselves in the mirror and devalue ourselves before we've even stepped out the door. Uh, right. on, on a bigger picture scale, is there any conversation about what you'd like to maybe do going forward to start addressing
7: mm-hmm. well, we the, would like, the root issues? Yeah, we would like to actually do a men's photo shoot as well. Um, and we've already been talking about doing another one, teaming up with the Foxy Shop early spring. Um, so we want to keep going with this. We want to keep the message out there that... Um, just as simple as let's just celebrate those flaws and insecurities. They've, they've brought you to where you are today for a reason. Maybe you have stretch marks because you've given birth to four beautiful children. And that's something to celebrate and not be down on yourself about.
4: Our
0: guest is Shauna Shimnowski. She is owner of Organic Tan Winnipeg. They're on Provence, We're talking about the Everybody Campaign. You can follow it on social media, hashtag the Everybody Campaign. And I think we should pause and check our forecast here. But just before I forget, you mentioned the the photographer, Photo Art Film. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but is I think we've actually spoken to him in another capacity, Loren, because I was talking to Kirby and she says that he was on with us to talk about Third and Bird and the, the market, yes. and I thought, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember talking to a photographer. He was one of the Baltic brothers. Oh, you're kidding. The the gentleman who have the, 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 the cocktails. The liquor distiller
2: yes. type thing. I just uh, gave that to my husband for Christmas. We haven't tried it yet. Oh, oh you, finally you, get, you finally yes. took it yeah, home. Yeah, I finally took it home. <laughs> <laughs> I <had> my it <laughs> <data> for <laughs> Christmas, too. Did I he? can't wait. Yes. Yeah. No, it looks really cool. So, yeah, we'll have to get that going. That's a total tangent, but uh, the alcohol is a thing maybe we should step away from if I'm trying to improve the body going into the new year. But, hey, I know I'm not alone with that one this time of year.
0: Well, let's just continue our conversation in a moment. Shauna Shimnowski, owner of Organic Tan Winnipeg.